This is episode 317, The Thing That Could Be Blocking You From Clarity with Alarian. Welcome to Over It and On With It. I'm your host, Christine Hassler, and for over a decade, I've been a life coach, speaker, and author. Each week, you'll hear me work directly with a caller as I coach them through a goal they want to accomplish or an obstacle they may be facing. I'll provide a blend of practical and spiritual advice as well as tangible actions you can apply to your own life. Now, let's get on with the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the show. If you missed last Saturday's Coach's Corner, definitely go back and have a listen. Steph and I actually worked through a trigger of his live on the air. It was a really vulnerable, raw, powerful episode and a great way to see how inner child work works and how important it is. We wanted to share the trigger with you live because one, we just love sharing with you, and two, give you a little more of a window into how powerful inner child work is because we're gearing up to teach our last inner child workshop for a very long time, for at least a year, October 8th through 10th. You can join us live or you can watch the recordings. Go to christinehasler.com slash inner child and you can find all the information there. If you really want to do it, but money is just an issue for you and that's really the only thing standing in your way, go to christinehasler.com slash scholarship and you can fill out the form there and there are ways that we can help make this available to you. It's a powerful workshop. It's a beautiful workshop. It's a transformational workshop. And it's the kind of virtual retreat that will go by really fast. It's highly experiential as well. And we, we just we just love teaching it. So don't miss it. Christinehaster.com slash inner child. All right. So this episode today, you'll see me talk once again about anger. And you've heard me talk about anger a lot of times on the show. But every way in, every person's story is a little bit different. And I really want you to look at where in your life you may feel stuck or blocked or lost and how you relate to today's caller in terms of dealing with depression, anxiety, all kinds of stuff, and not really tapping into your fire. The other thing I want to say is that a lot of creative people, artistic people, they have trouble accessing their anger and it ends up manifesting in anxiety. Because a lot of times when we come in with that artistic archetype, that creative archetype, there's also a gentleness we come in with and a wanting to avoid conflict, um, wanting to be more the peacekeeper, just not really feeling that huge warrior spirit because we're kind of more on the creative side. However, when we don't access our anger, and our rage, it does squelch our passion and it can hold our passion back. So know that whenever I'm coaching someone to work on their anger, first, I don't want them to be angry forever or angry at someone or blame their parents or live in anger or be an angry person or anything like that. It's really about popping an emotional zit, getting to a place where there's been suppression, repression, holding back, letting that fire out so that we can tap into the fire and passion and use that in our creative expression. That'll make a lot more sense when you listen to the episode and of course, listen to the breakdown after the call. So as you're listening, consider, do you feel stuck or lost in your life? Did you have parents that kind of supported who you are, but not really a hundred percent of the time? Like you really felt like you couldn't be fully, totally self-expressed. Have you analyzed and talked about your issues and been in therapy and all that kind of stuff, but things just aren't changing? 
And finally, is anger something that kind of turns you off? Like you don't really know how to access it. You don't really think you're angry. You don't think that going into anger would do you any good. So keep those questions in mind as you listen to my coaching call with Alarian. And before we dive in, you heard me talk a lot about anxiety with my latest podcast guest, Mel Robbins, and it's great to have external things that support anxiety as well. And one of my favorites is Soul CBD. It's a great supplement to take daily when you're trying to balance your central nervous system. I've really seen a difference when I've used it in my efficiency and ease when running through a long to-do list or when you know, there's decisions I have to make and I'm experiencing some anxiety. I'm able to just drop in and finish it with much more ease. Now there's a lot of mediocre CBD products on the market. So I feel comfortable with Soul CBD because they're completely THC free, organically farmed, gluten-free and third-party tested for toxins. One of my favorite products are the gummies. They're so delicious and are a good like excuse for dessert. I love the coconut vanilla. They also have oils, capsules, and a topical, and even a CBD bath bomb. Love that. Really, really good to do before you go to sleep. It clears your energy, recalibrates your homeostasis, and bath bombs are just fun. They fizz away in the bathtub, and they're super meditative to watch, I think. And here's another really cool part. You get 15% off automatically and free shipping if you live in the U.S. when you go to mysoulcbd.com slash over it. Again, that's 15% off automatically my soul m y s o u l c b d.com slash over it alarian welcome to the show how can i help hi uh, thank you for having me I'm excited for this yeah so just a little bit of my situation i've been living in new york city for about 4 years now and i really feel like I'm struggling to find purpose and therefore it's leading into really strong feelings of anxiety, lack of self-worth, loneliness, like relentless, like imposter syndrome. I can't seem to like, I don't know, everything kind of just seems to not be working. (laughs) (laughs) And that goes down to like, you know, my job, my apartment, even like the clothes that I wear, I like constantly doubting every single thing, like every choice, every daily choice that I make. Mm. Yeah. So kind of in general, I guess just I lost a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. And has this been a pattern for a while or is this new for you feeling like nothing's working in your life? It's been happening. I mean, honestly, ever since I graduated college, I graduated with one degree, but then decided to, you know, that that I decided that wasn't the move for me. And then I decided to go into a whole new direction. I had like 20 jobs in New York City. And yeah, it's just been like, there are moments where I feel like everything is okay. And there are moments when I'm like, okay, I'm like, I'm on my feet, you know, like I got this job, I got this raise or something, like something happens and I'm like, okay, everything's not so bad, Mm -hmm. but it just happens. And then it lasts for like a second. And then all of these usual feelings come back. And the feelings are, what are the feelings? I just really strong anxiety, Mm -hmm. self-doubt. Self-doubt isn't a feeling. What's the feeling underneath that shame? Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
shame, maybe not enough or lack of self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. How old are you now? I am 27. Okay. So, well, a couple things. One, <laughs> this is why I wrote two books for people in their 20s and early 30s because everything <laughs> you're feeling is totally normal. And I know that's not comforting, but it's a result of so much of the conditioning of who we think we're supposed to be. We're very, very conditioned, especially in this culture, in this country, that you go to college, you get a job. If you want, you find your person, you have kids. Like there's this whole progression of how life is supposed to be. And from a very young age, we often are making choices based on what we're told we should do or what other people want of us. And so in our 20s, it's really yeah. the first time when we're we're figuring out who we are. It's also the time when issues that we never dealt with in childhood that we could suppress through school or being busy or just being young start to come up. Because what happens at 25 is that the brain actually fully forms. The corpus callosum closes and we're less risk adverse. More anxiety tends to come up because there's like things happening in our brain where we're kind of moving into this adult phase. And it's an evolutionary thing because we're kind of supposed to take less risks as we get older. But since we're living so much longer, 25, 26, 27 seems like, whoa, that's way too early of a time to feel like I have to, you know, have all this anxiety and figure my life out. So you're in a very, Mm -hmm. I would say, normal stage of development. I know you already know that, but I'm just reminding you. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So that being said, what do you think? Because I know that it's hard to break the conditioning of outside in, meaning I check these boxes off, I get the job, I get the raise, I move to New York, whatever it is. And for that fleeting moment, I feel okay. And we're all addicted to that in some level. We're looking for some outside thing to make us feel better. And then sooner or later, and you're realizing it more sooner than later, we realize that's a load of crap and <laughs> outside things don't actually bring us happiness. But what happens is then we kind of have this existential crisis of, whoa, but I don't know how to make myself happy on the inside either. So what often happens as the 20s, like I said, is stuff from childhood, stuff you haven't dealt with is kind of bubbling to the unconscious surface, which is probably why you're dealing with a lot of the anxiety and shame. I know you think it's about, oh, I don't have the right job or I feel like I'm just lost, but there's probably unresolved issues, things that you haven't looked at, things you've slept under the rug that are wanting your attention. Do you have any idea what those things could be? I have ideas and these are things that like I've been dealing with ever since, you know, leaving home, I guess. Mm -hmm. These are also things I've also been like in therapy for the past three years, Mm -hmm. like the kind of thing that I talk to my therapist about all the time. But yeah, definitely there are things from my younger self that I think are bubbling up, especially when it comes to like self-worth and like my own identity, I feel like I am constantly just like looking at what I should be or what is accepted or what is praised versus what I am supposed to be, which like versus what I'm meant to be and born to be. Right. I just can't seem to like dig down deep enough to like pull that out. Well, and first of all, we aren't meant to be anything except love, 
Like we're, we're here. The purpose of our life is really to evolve our consciousness and move less out of fear and more into love and to, to break free of the ego and mental addictions to proving our worth, thinking a job is our identity, all those kinds of things. So let me ask you this, how free did you feel as a child to totally be yourself? Not at all. I feel like, (laughs) I don't know, like if I could put it on a, like a sliding scale, maybe like 30%. Okay. That's not, that's not very high. And the 70% of the time, what did it feel like for you? I felt like I was living in a way that, I mean, I feel like this is everybody at this age, but I feel like I was just living the life that my parents wanted for me, you know? Mm -hmm. And like going to church and like believing things that my parents wanted to believe, mm-hmm. me to believe. Yeah. Yeah. And and yes, it can be for most kids, but some kids are really aligned with what their parents want and believe. Like they come into a family and it really works. But for some kids, right. especially kids that are generational pattern breakers, it doesn't. And only being free yeah. to be yourself 30% of the time is not a lot, Right. So for you, and remember, like there's so much that happens on the unconscious level. There's a part of you that believes if I don't live up to expectations, then I'm not loved. Then I don't belong. Then I die. That's how far it goes. Because if we aren't loved and accepted and belong, there's the survival part of our brain thinks we're going to die because we need other people to accept us and be part of a tribe to survive. Like if it was just you in the world, it would be very hard to survive. Like think of how many people you rely on for food and shelter and all those kinds of things. Right. So I think unconsciously what's going on is you're in this push pull of wanting to be free, wanting to be you, but this other part, especially connected to the little one inside who's so terrified that if he does that, he's, he's not, he's not going to make it like that's So not okay. And I know consciously, you know, I can be what I want. I, you know, it's safe for me. But subconsciously, there's probably a lot of fear there. So, do you ever feel like you take two steps forward and then two or three steps back? Like you make progress, but then you pull back. You make progress and you pull back. Do you ever experience that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you don't, it's okay. I only want you to relate to it if you relate to it. Is that? I some- mean, I, I yeah, I think of a few few mm-hmm. times. Yeah. Well, how would you describe it? How would you describe your experience of moving forward, of doing things? Like you do things for a while and you get bored or you do things for a while and you don't like them. What's the pattern? I guess I do things for a while and then it doesn't feel like my thing, you know? Right. Right. So let's do another sliding scale percentage. How much do you think you're making choices from truly who you are? versus from your expectations and conditioning and who you think you need to be? Um, shoot, probably like 50%. Mm-hmm. That might be shooting high. <laughs> mm-hmm. 50% what? Making choices based on who you truly are? Yeah. Yeah. And Versus what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Which is why you feel lost. Because... You've got one foot in moving towards who you are, which you're still discovering, and it's it's less about learning and more about a remembering process. And you've got one foot still in, I need to be who people tell me I am, 
And this ties into the low self-worth too. Because there's a little guy inside who's like, well, am I lovable just for me? And until you really, that's, you asked about the dig deep enough. That's the deep (laughs) is to really go to the pain and the grief of not feeling like you were enough for your parents. Not feeling like we were enough for our parents or we weren't the right kind of kid for them or we couldn't fully be ourselves is a big trauma. It's not trauma like, you know, abuse where it's super easy to point to, but it's this long-term living of feeling like it's not okay to be me. Do you feel that? Yeah, for sure. And like that, that stuff totally makes sense. And I definitely like, I've had a grasp on this concept Yeah, for a while now, but yeah. I feel like I just can't, I can't like... I don't know. There's something that's just like blocking me from like accepting it or like moving through it and working through it. What's your relationship with your parents now? I don't really talk to my dad. Mm -hmm. Um, I do talk to my mom, but there's, you know, it's to a point. (laughs) (laughs) Like our relationship is deep but to a point. Do you feel like you've truly dealt with the anger you have at your parents? Not just talked about it, but dealt with it. I haven't. Okay. So this may be one of the areas to explore and dig a little deeper and why you may still feel a little blocked because there still may be an obligation unconsciously to live into their expectations. Even though you have a not great, no relationship with dad and not super tight relationship with mom, there's still a little one in there who is still looking for their love and approval. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. So often the way through this, and this is the kind of stuff we teach in the inner child workshop So often the way through that is first, we have to handle our anger at our parents. We really do. Because if we just try to get to forgiveness or we just try to get to, well, my soul pick them, then we're skipping over one huge need of the inner child. And I think that your inner child, there's a part that's very angry, that's very like, didn't you see me? Why didn't you let me be me? Why did you force these things on me? I didn't want to believe that or do that. And now I'm so confused because you never let me discover what I wanted. Hmm. Yeah. Is anything else coming up for you? I mean, not particularly. I mean, that that concept definitely like is strong. It's a strong feeling for me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like always seeking that approval from my parents. Um, Do you think, I don't know, I I feel like I also am so relying on approval from everyone else as well. So do you think that like has to do with it? Is that like related? A hundred percent. 
A hundred percent. And this is where the lack of self-love and self-worth ties in is because you've outsourced it your whole life because you didn't feel completely loved and accepted for who you were as a kid. You've constantly been strategizing. How do I get love? How do I get approval? How do I get validation? You haven't really learned how to do it for yourself inside. And the reason I'm directing you towards anger, so many people that have anxiety and often feel purposeless, it's because they haven't tapped into their fire. They haven't tapped into their rage. And there's a part of you that's really pissed, really pissed. And when you can access that part and let that raw anger out, not just once, and I'm not saying at them, right? There are ways to work with anger somatically in ways that I teach it and ways to work with it in different modalities. It's not about calling up mom and yelling at her or anything like that. It's not that at all. It's about moving through that emotion and finding your, because in anger, we find our voice and in anger, we find our passion. And in anger, we find that inner parent who's like sticking up for us as well. Hmm. And I think there's a part of you that wanted someone to come and stick up for you as a child and be like, don't you see him? He doesn't want to do this. Don't you see your own yeah. child? This, this isn't who he is. Stop pushing him to do this. Stop making him believe that. That's, that's not who he is. Can't you see? So you feel very unseen too. And that's going to slip to self-doubt, anxiety, depression at times, feeling lost. And if you try to keep looking for answers in the outside world, you're going to keep bumping up against valid, needing validation, acceptance, all that kind of stuff. And so my suggestion is to really go for, wow, I'm pissed. <laughs> I'm angry. I, this was not okay with me. And then you'll eventually get to you, like no one else gets to tell me who I am. No one else gets to put their expectations on me. No one else gets to determine my worth. That's where we often find our self-worth is in the anger. Wouldn't you feel really worthy if someone fought for you? Like if you're applying for a job and you had a mentor that just fought and fought and fought for you until you got that job, how worthy would you feel? Yeah. I mean, that would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so- Again, there's a younger part of you that needs you to fight for him and be like, this was not okay. And again, this is not about blaming parents. This is not about staying angry for parents at parents forever. This is about like getting at that emotion so that you can uncover some of your power. And then eventually you'll get to forgiveness and acceptance. But when we try to bypass our way there, it it doesn't work. I just want to like, so you say like, you know, tap into that anger and let yourself feel that. But I feel like ever since I left the house, I have been feeling that. But like, what do you mean when you say like tap into it? And like, I don't know, like, I feel like I've been feeling it this whole time, but it hasn't been fueling me. You've been feeling the anger? You know? Yeah. And yeah. just like, I know, like a general, like, you know, yes. um, uncomfortableness surrounding the way that I grew up, yes. but also like, I can't, how do you actually like let it out? Right. So what you're feeling is like that low grade pissed offness that will lead to irritability, apathy, fuck everybody, fuck everything. I'm just over it kind of feeling. 
how you get at the raw anger. So if, if you go to christinehauser.com slash anger release, I walk you through something that I call the temper tantrum technique. I'm sure your therapist has some suggestions as well. But one way that you can start is drop a couple F-bombs in this episode. You can write a fuck you letter to your mom and your dad, one that you never send. And just like, fuck you for this, fuck you, like, like go right to it. Mm. And then what you can do is just, you know, somehow get to a quiet place, get a pillow and punch it <laughs> and yell. And I'm, I'm talking about like the raw anger that, you know, not just the kind of low grade pissed offness, irritable, you know, feeling that you're kind of feeling every day. I'm talking about really going into the rage and giving these parts of you a voice. Do you see the difference? Yeah, totally. Yeah. For sure. How does it feel different? I mean, I feel like I've never actually put it into action. Right. But that's the difference there. Right. And I feel, listen, I don't feel you're an aggressive person. I don't feel like you have, you know, this, just tons of fiery rage inside of you, but I do feel like there's a lot of hurt. And there's anger usually that sits on top of hurt. And when you can find that, and I also think that you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, have been kind of suppressed in a lot of ways in your life. Would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. And so often to counteract suppression, we have to yell and get really loud and scream. And I'm holding it back and down. You know, and I can relate to this. I, I had headaches every day of my life until I started doing anger work. I was like, whoa, like there is a warrior in here. There's somebody that's really pissed off and has a voice and has not spoken up for herself her whole life. And so tapping into that raw emotion is something that one, obviously shifted health for me, but also made me so much more clear in who I am and what I'm here to do. And I, you know, have a sense that if you can start tapping into this very passionate side of you, because I, I sense from you that there's a lot of creativity, there's a lot of self-expression that's just been suppressed because you've been trying to fit into someone else's box. So I feel like, I yes, I definitely relate to a lot of what you're saying, but mm-hmm. also I've always been creative as a kid. Like I still, you know, I was very musical. I mm-hmm. was, I mean... It's all still like, you know, like kind of given to me by my parents and still kind of like put, like presented to me by my parents. But I feel like they still allowed so much of that creative expression. Um, Mm -hmm. But now I am just like, all of a sudden nothing is Mm -hmm. driving me, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And do you think it's because of that, like, pent up anger that like I find no passion no like like I feel it all inside of me so hard Mm -hmm. I feel like once I like explode I feel like I will fucking explode Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. with like all kinds of stuff and Mm -hmm. I, I feel so much like potential and like creativity inside me but like the past four or five years I've just been dull yeah. And yeah. nothing has been coming. Yeah. That's my hunch. I could be wrong, but that's my hunch. My hunch is that there's very angry part 
There's some rage that needs to come out. And when you tap into that, you're tapping into a whole new set source of power. And it's great that your parents let you express creativity, but just notice if there were other things they balanced it out with. Like you had to get good grades and you had to do this. And like, was your creativity enough or was there more you had to do? And I just want you to know that you're enough. Like whatever your most unique self-expression is, is enough. And I feel when you tap into that, that lion, that, that rage, that warrior inside, it's going to unlock a lot more of your passion because even though you were creatively expressed as a child, there was containment on it. There were conditions on it. There was a part of you that always was looking for approval of validation. Is this okay? Am I okay? Did I do it good enough? And when you have that kind of judgment on any kind of expression, it doesn't make you super excited to pursue things. So when you can kind of get at the anger and feel the sense of freedom, you're going to be able to explore your creativity without this part of you kind of going, but is it good enough? What will people think? And I think that that's a big part of what's holding you back is fear of the judgment. Oh, yeah. When you can tap into that anger and that rage and find your power, you're going to be like, I don't give a fuck. This is who I am. Uh, I just, I, I can't wait for that moment. <laughs> well, you can uh, feel it. Like you can, you can feel it. And that's your psychic knowing. That's your inner knowing that we're onto something here. And, you know, if this is resonating with you at all, I just encourage you to follow through with it. And again, find that passion, find that fire, find that like, yeah. just, you know, cause that's the, my sense is that's the energetic sort of gateway to really unlocking your full potential. Okay. So like step by step. So I like punch a pillow. I write a hate letter to my parents. <laughs> I'd start with the, hate, then, the, the, the fuck you letters. You don't hate them, right? You're just like angry, right. like stir the anger up. Go to christinehaster.com slash anger release. Read my step-by-step process. And yeah, part of how you do the temper tantrum technique is writing the letters help. It gets you stirred up. And when you, when you start hitting or punching, I use a pool noodle that I cut in half, those foam pool noodles to, to hit with so I don't get sore. And you can start with just what's frustrating you now. I'm so frustrated. I'm so frustrated I feel lost. I'm so frustrated I feel this anxiety. I'm sick of it. And you kind of ride that wave into, like it'll take you into your past if you just follow the emotion. And you just like let yourself go. And the more freedom and, and permission and intention you, you set and give yourself freedom to just say whatever you want, go wherever you need to go, the more productive it'll be. And a lot of times with anger work, just like with a temper tantrum, you'll get really, really angry, but you'll end up in tears because it'll hit the hurt as well. And that's what starts to like really unlock everything. And you have a therapist too that you can talk to about this, but you know, anger needs to be expressed somatically. You can make sounds, you can stomp your feet. It's like moving the energy out of your body, especially if you're a creative person you can't hold all that emotion in your body because it just blocks up your energy centers and the creativity can't flow. Yeah. Make, make sense? Yeah. Does it feel like we're on to something here? Like this gives you a little key of where to go next. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah, I 
never really thought about, you know, letting my anger out in that kind of way. So mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to give this a shot. Yeah. Find your, I, I, most people, including myself have found their passion under, with underneath their anger. Anger has been the gateway to really finding like what we're here to do and what we care about. Huh. Okay. So give it a whirl. <laughs> Nothing to lose. <laughs> yeah, true. Okay, great. Okay, short breakdown today because it was a bit of a longer call. I just want to thank Larian for his vulnerability, for his openness, for being willing to look at something a little bit differently. As he said, he tried therapy. He's very aware of things. And what we got to is like, wow, there's there's kind of a little guy in there who's a little pissed off, you know, a little pissed off that he wasn't able to just be his fullest self-expression. And we didn't dive too much into his childhood. I'm sure there's probably other things we could unpack. But my main intention was just to give him permission to to feel anger. Because I was watching, what show was I watching? Oh, Ted Lasso, which, oh, I could do a whole episode on Ted Lasso. I freaking love that show. And there was a scene between, um, oh gosh, what's the blonde woman characters? Rebecca. Rebecca and her mother. And Rebecca was talking about how she's angry at her mother. And her mother said, thank God, I'd much rather you be angry at me than indifferent. Because at least with anger, you feel something. And that's such a good point because so many of us that may be dealing with anxiety or depression, just feeling lost or feeling blah or whatever, there's a little bit of indifference. There's a little bit of hopelessness. There's a little bit of apathy that we can slip into. And that's a dangerous place when we go there because there's kind of a numbness that happens Whereas anger, it's if, if understood and, and expressed in a healthy way is a very useful emotion because it's also often the gateway into getting at deeper hurt and it's the thing that unleashes our passion. The thing about repressed anger is it's, it's, it takes up a lot of energy. It's a fiery emotion that just sits inside of us. And if you think about passion, passion is fire too. And if we have a lot of anger that we haven't really processed, then often that can be a block to our creativity and passion. And you heard from him that, you know, his creativity was supported as a child and he was given times to express. But it, again, like if we were to go back and unpack it, I'm sure it came with some conditions, some expectations, some things he also had to do. And I just want to say, this is not about making his parents wrong. His parents aren't bad people. His parents did the best that they could, given what they knew at the time. And I know the whole, my parents did the best they could is often not a comforting thing to hear or say, but at some point we have to get to the acceptance of, all right, even though I think they could have done better, that was all they could do. But if we try to jump to my parents did the best they could, we're, we can be emotionally and spiritually bypassing. So that's why I encourage him to write a fuck you letter to mom and dad. And if you don't like the F word, you can be, screw you. I'm angry at you. I'm pissed at you. Whatever. You can edit it however you want. The word fuck, which I don't use often, has a charge to it, has an energy to it. It's like, rah, you know, it has that raw, animalistic kind of guttural, like, rah. And words words have vibrations, so it can be useful in bringing up the emotion. So use it if you want. Don't use it if you want. But I instructed him to start with those letters that he never mail, so you can rip them up because, again, it isn't about blaming parents. It's about getting the emotion up. And then using my temper tantrum technique, you can go to christinehaster.com slash anger release. I'll walk you through it and start getting at this raw emotion. Because here's the thing. He's tried talking about it. He's been in therapy. 
He's done a lot of things. He hasn't tapped into his fire. And it's important for everybody to tap into their fire. And often we have to find our rage to tap into our passion and our fire. I know for me, I wouldn't be as healthy and as passionate and as expressed as I am had I never done anger work. And anger work isn't something you have to do for years and years and years. And it's not about getting stuck in your anger or anything like that. It's like I said, it's like popping an emotional zit. It's getting in there. And oh my gosh, when you actually do anger work and especially like anger work at the people that you feel hurt you or made like life difficult or your parents or whoever it was, it is so much easier and more authentic to forgive because it's kind of just words to say you forgive someone if you haven't processed through the emotion. But when you can go through the anger and through the hurt, you can actually get to freedom and and true forgiveness. Like, okay, I, I accept. I don't necessarily like or condone what happened, but I can move to this place of acceptance. It's often anger and resentment that keep us from getting to the true energetic of forgiveness. So that was my coaching to him. It kind of took us a while to get there and he there wasn't necessarily resistance, but I think that there was some, it wasn't overt resistance, but some resistance because I'm asking him to do something new and very much, you know, he could hear him, how, how, how do I do that? How do I do that? Which is totally normal. I, I am like that too. And when someone's telling me to do something, but I hope he gives it a whirl. I hope you give it a try and remember like that, that powerful emotion that has movement to it is much better than sitting in depression, anxiety, or apathy, or indifference, or feeling loss. Often we need to shake it up and get that raw emotion out to really get the clarity that we're looking for. All right, everybody, that's the show for today. Don't forget to join us for the Inner Child Workshop, christinehassler.com slash innerchild. Sending you so much love and many blessings. Until next time. Thank you for listening to Over at Non With It. I love hearing from you. So please post your comments or questions at christinehasler.com slash podcast. That's also the place you can sign up to receive coaching from me in an upcoming episode. And if you love this show, please share it and subscribe on iTunes. You can find all my social media handles and sign up to be part of my community at christinehasler.com. Until next week, here's to getting over it and on with it. Much love and many blessings. 